Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. I'm Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And I am a, an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church. Well, I'm a doctor of education. And the idea of the podcast is we're going to invite you to pull a chair up to the kitchen table and we're going to talk about real events. What's relevant? Yeah, and you might not agree with us or we might not agree with each other, but we're still going to have the conversation because, you know, it's hard. It's hard out here. And this is the deacon. And the doctor. Hey folks, uh, this is Deacon Bill here. Just a quick disclaimer. Know that the views expressed on Deacon and the Doctor are strictly Rhonda's and mine. They don't now, represent I can speak for myself. My views. <laughs> they don't represent the views of the Catholic Church or any church within the Catholic Church, right? And they definitely don't represent any education, no institution or uh, entity. Just my views. And the other thing that we'd love is we'd love to hear your views. And so you can reach us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, find us at Deacon underscore Doctor. Yes, Deacon underscore Doctor. And follow us and give us some likes on the things that we post that you find interesting or comment if you have something that you'd like to add. And we will be gladly discussing it on our future episodes. Thanks. Hey, Dr. Rhonda. Welcome back for another week of Deacon and the Doctor. Hey, Deacon Bill. So I think a big, big story this week, we hit 100 days with President Biden. He celebrated it by doing a big speech in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big um, picture moments was having the Speaker of the House and the Vice President bumping elbows, you know, fem- two females in those positions. First time we've had that in our history. Yep. Uh, but I think what also was interesting is, so the Washington Post, I don't know if you've seen this a lot, but the Washington Post does this little fact checker column and they rate politicians, not just presidents, but all kind of public figures when they give these speeches, if they have like a misleading term, that might be like one Pinocchio or if they outright tell a lie, that's four Pinocchios. And so they have this scale of one to four. And one of the things I thought was interesting is they compared Biden at 100 days with Trump at 100 days. Yes. And so they came up with President Biden having 67 of these kind of misleading statements, uh, being at least two Pinocchios or higher, and two of his statements, two of those 67 being four Pinocchio statements, compared to 511 that they had ranked for President Trump. At the same point in his yeah, presidency. And I, th- I think the interesting thing about the article is that, you know, President Biden is not as, he's not on Twitter right. tweeting. You know, he's not waking up at three o'clock in the morning, putting out, you know, whatever. Random messages. Sure. You know, so that limit, like he has a limited number of interactions from social media or someone's, contr- you know, a very controlled social media account versus... um President Trump, who was like just out there um, on any given day, you just didn't know what you were going to get. Right. Um, Which is actually one of the areas that President Trump's followers, because he still has them, they they really like that about him because they they say, well, he's not the polished politician. He just lets you know what he thinks or feels. Right, and there's there is something to be said for like, hey, I just want I want you to I want to feel you to I want to feel like you're, you know, someone that is approachable that you you the guy next door you act just like the person that's yeah. right here with me. 
I, I get that, but I think that from a presidential standpoint, I need somebody to be a little bit more we of a polished, yes, polished yes. politician. I will tell you that I, I've always said any politician, I don't care who you are, you might be well-intentioned, you might be straight and narrow, there's going to be some sort of a lie that comes out, especially when you get to the scale that Biden is at with someone putting together something for you. You might not be as familiar with the rhetoric or someone's made mistakes and you put push out that information and you you're a liar. And I, I just I don't. I think most often what it is to me, it's the manipulation of data. So. You know, like you have these numbers, these statistics, and you can manipulate the numbers to or, say whatever you want them to say. Right. You know, yeah, like in statistics, you can use the t- the statistics in a certain way to tell your story, whatever story you want to tell. Right, and that's why I think we, as the citizens, need to be do our due diligence and, you know, look at what people are saying and don't take something that just because oh well, you know. That's that's person X or person Y, and they Question. they they right. know you know that's where I always Question say the sources. Right, show me show me the source of your information. If if you interview three people and three out of three people say something, then you can come back and say, well, one hundred percent of the people that were surveyed said, agreed with where what my stance was, but you only have three people, and you didn't really tell me where you got your data from. So no. And and that's where I think sometimes we as citizens kind of take the blind road and just, oh, well, what they say is, is true. Like some people I know like have their source of information that they use and that source of information puts out something. And because it's a trusted source to them, to them, then that's the truth. Right. And, and, you know, we've talked about that on... For, for uh, some folks, it's the Fox News or the One Network, whatever, and like, oh, well, that's it. Everything else is lying. And then for some folks, it's the CNN and MSNBC side of it, and everybody else is lying. And I'm like... I want everybody to take, you know, look at look at different... Like, look at the left, look at the right, look at the middle, and, and form your own opinion of it. Don't be a walking lemming and, you know, walk off the cliff with whoever says it the loudest. One one thing I would like to see from President Biden though is I do think I I think he could be a little bit more available. Um Yeah, but I mean like the, the I don't need him tweeting. I don't need him tweeting at 3 in the morning. Don't get me wrong. I I think that that's not, you know, the the p- type of politician that Biden is is not one that was available. You know, like that's not not his but I, I, I wonder if, where he's comfortable. I at. wonder if he's trying to be more private just to be as 180 from Trump as he possibly can be. And I don't think that's good either. Right. Be you. Don't be the anti former guy. Right. Right. Be I, you. But I think that, you know, when you obviously, I mean, you push an 80 and you run it for a president, you didn't plan on doing this. Right. Yeah, no, so, to so his credit, it becomes, he shows the Charlottesville attack and, and the, the murder. Thing, things that happened in, in the Virginia country made him feel him. like he needed to stand and, and rise to the occasion. Yep. And, and it, he obviously was the person that was able to defeat, you know, yep. Trump. But um, even though some people still say that that's all, you know, you know. But anyway, not to get off track, 
But yeah, so I, I think that, you know, when you have someone that's reluctantly stepping into a position in a position that is very much you are open to the world, right? And we know that we needed some restoration of what the presidency in this country should stand for and yeah. in, in instead of it just being kind of willy nilly. Um so maybe he's he's he has advisors that have advised him that this is how we need to go about this. And he seems to be a person that listens to the advice right. of those. Most of that, his statements are very much prepared statements. He stays on script. And I mean, yes. I think he proved, proved to us during those debates that uh, Joe is not the person that you just want speaking that off the cuff, been his cuff either. Because right. he'll say some things and get himself in trouble too. Just as... Uh, Donald so Trump, Donald Trump got him. Yeah. So I think he with, did better in the presidential stuff, but in the Democratic run runoffs, I think was where he right. He like I mean, he was he, he, he wasn't. Struggled. He's not a strong, yeah. you know, just yeah, off the cuff speaker. He can't right. just you know come out, and he needs to be polished up before you put him in front of the people. Well, after he was done doing his uh, brief to Congress, uh, the Republicans had Senator Tim Scott give his rebuttal. So why do you think the Republicans chose Tim Scott? Well, he's a bit of a unicorn in the Senate in the standpoint that he is the only black Republican senator. Right. And so... Do you think that's why they chose him? Could be. I happen to like Senator Scott. I I, I have followed him, uh, you know, like his social media stuff for, for the last couple of years. I think... I think he makes a lot of sense. I think he's very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also working very closely with Senator Cory Booker on police reform. Okay. And th- I think they both have kind of demonstrated, which seems to be impossible these days, for how the Republicans and the Democrats can come together. Oh, working together? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, um, that that's... So that's great, but let's let's get back to what the statement that uh, the statement Senator that got Scott everybody made. Going, he yes. said that he does not feel that America is a racist country. Okay, and so, I, I don't like to me personally. You're a United States senator. You have your own view, your own history. It's one. It's know. he's one man, and yeah. like I think that though he was chosen because he's a black man, and. and the optics for the Republican Party is that what? That they're anti, anti. The Republicans certainly right now are coming across as very anti people of color, anti immigrants. Right. So if you, so I'm gonna put this guy up here, and he's gonna be the person that speaks, you know, t- as a representative of the people of color. No, he's not. He's one person. Push and, and yeah, and he, I don't think it should be taken as that. But, I never but think the, one person should ever be representing a race. That but, to me is ridiculous. I, I agree with that, but he, he, he's he's he. I mean, to say that America, if you're talking about America and the policies as they're written, you know, if we truly had you know equality for everyone here, like what what does our preamble say? All men are created equal. If we were all created equal and we all, you know... If we hold these truths to be so Had had the um, ability to just, no matter what you look like, 
you right. know, just rise when up. Clearly, and it you, was white men, property owners was what. And it's still that way that today. If, you know, what you own, how much you have gives you a leg up. You know, if you don't if you don't have anything, I mean, just case in point, you have a house, you can refinance your house. You can cash money out. You can use that money to do other things. Right. You have some liquid assets that you could. You have something that you but, can use. But the senator's statement wasn't uh, that the United States doesn't give advantages to so the, people the, who are privileged, who are white, who are who okay. Are rich. The, the statement was what? He didn't give say me that. the statement again. That America is, is not, not a racist, racist country. Uh, America, in the founding words, perhaps you could say, if I just look at those words, no, America's not racist. But because those America, words were written America, for a specific America, group of people. Right. Yes. So America has never given every person that has come here. I mean, you we can we can go back to um, you know, white people. If I'm if I am from Ireland, I'm treated one way. I come over because of the potato famine, and I I, I get to this country, and oh well, you know, the dirty Irish. If if I if I'm whatever. But if I have to be a certain set of people, if I'm not, you know, Engl- an Englishman, then I'm I'm less than. Or if I'm Italian, I came over from Italy. Oh well, those Italians, they're dirty. You know, whatever, whatever's going to be said. Groups went you know, through go through that, something. Right. But that's right? different than what certainly people of black, color, you know, native, native like people who are brought from Africa were treated and, a whole lot differently. Uh, yes, right, yes. indigenous people. In this country, never had a shot. Didn't still yeah. living on the deserts yeah. of this, this Nation, land, and they should be living on the richest soil in this country. They're not. So you know, I don't know that that Senator Scott was speaking in in that context. If you're talking about America and like today, twenty first century, can someone come to America to improve their way of life? Yes. And it's not it's not set up against them. Now, if you have a little money. No, it's not. But if you if you broke and you got to work, there I, are people that come to this country broke. that broke, work hard, send money back to their country and figure, and figure things out. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so in that case, no, because I see people of all, you know, ethnicities right. coming to this country and, and figuring out how to succeed. I think those that have grit will will get it. But if you if you're if willing you, to work within the system, and, and, but you got to work within think, the system, and I also think you have to be willing to put up with the fact that yeah, you are a leg behind. You, you're a step behind, and you have to catch yeah. up. And, and I think that a lot of people have why? demonstrated they're willing to do that, but that doesn't make it fair. It's not that they have to do that. It's not fair, I, I and, and it's not because yeah. if if I'm if I come here, I immigrate. From Mexico, where I immigrate from the the Caribbean, right? And I, I just happen to have dark skin. People are gonna assume some certain s- certain you, things about gonna, me, right? You're gonna deal with different bias, right? You know, we, and that's we've not about that's not before. if right. if America's not racist, then America wouldn't ask me what my ethnicity was on all the federal forms that America asked me about. America wouldn't because you can see, you can see what a person looks like, you know. So until people aren't judged and words aren't come come to mind about certain individuals, we will I, whether it's racist or biased or whatever you want to call it, America has some hint 
of it. But I understand. I understand to some extent what Senator Scott was saying, and if he's and, talking and again, solely his, solely his, about the the um, the foundation of this country, and and we're looking at it in the context of the twenty first century, right? Yeah. But I. But what I also think is fair is he also talked about his own history dealing with uh, prejudice. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about being stopped by police officers and being harassed, being asked stupid questions like, why are you driving this car in this neighborhood? I live in this neighborhood. Right. Stupid questions, ignorant questions. But so, black men should not have to answer. Nobody should have to answer the questions, but black men constantly have Have to to, answer those questions. He did. So, he talked about both. So, I think he's talking more in terms of opportunity versus individual. And. But what I what I would like to talk about too, though, is not just his statement, but I think the backlash against him uh, by other leaders in the black community here in the United States, I think, was completely yeah. well, wrong. And and there there are a lot of you know name calling inappropriate like right. It's not appropriate for anybody to be called names and to say that he's an Uncle Tom because he said this. That's one man. That's one man's one man's. It's, it's one opinion. Right. right. You so, can disagree it, with his but, opinion. And that, and that's where I think that we as as a country and you know you have we have we have things that happen in this country that affect the way we treat our our fellow um black man that doesn't necessarily if if you don't align with me then you're wrong. It's just like the same way that I sometimes see like you know and I've told you like we because I'm not married to a black man, I don't I don't get certain invitations to certain people homes, yeah, right? Yeah. Because oh well, you know, she she's not like I'm not I'm not black because I'm not married to a, a black man. Right. You know. So it is it's just that's 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 kind of some of those uh the uh, slave master tendencies I think that you you know, you got people that have have that that slave mentality still. That's what I'll call it. You know, get over like why call why are we continuing to call people Uncle Tom because they disagree with something that we don't necessarily agree. We, I don't. I might not agree with you, right. but that doesn't mean right. that you you're. Oh well, you're you're, you're standing not entitled to your opinion. You're standing with the white man, so you you're against. You right. know, you're not with me. Right. And Nothing not he right. said was oppressive. Nothing he said was belittling. No, because he shared his he shared his experiences, as you right. said, and and like I said, if you want to say that America gives us gives everyone the op, an opportunity, you can argue it, about it was if not it's equal. There are plenty of people that would come to this country. And, you know, for all the people that are complaining about stuff, yeah. they, they come in and they take advantage of the opportunities they have and, in and, this country. And a lot of what I saw that I thought was insulting and demeaning came from a lot of prominent church leaders. And I'm just going to say right now, and none of them care anything about my opinion, right? They don't care right. what a white who man are the has prominent, to say. Who are these prominent? Um, I'd have to pull names out. But, okay. You know, I can, I know one of them runs a major church in Atlanta. I recognized his name, and he he used the Uncle Tom imagery. He used um, just very belittling. How is that pastoral? Like how how can you come up to me and say I'm a man of God? But I, I, I'm I'm gonna call and somebody I'm and insult and, another yeah. man. Like I'm a prominent black pastor. I'm gonna insult this black man and tear him down. And 
you're not encouraging your whole church to do the same thing. Yeah. Don't Wait, don't so look me in the eye and say that, that those two things. That's are both a happening. that's a good point, Deacon Bill. We should, you know, men of the cloth and that are. If, if should, we're trying should, to speak for for the Lord, then we be need to be about that first. Bringing bringing the Lord's word and not you know we'll pray, pray for. Uh, yeah, I mean that that to me, that hit me hard, you know. But it's it's common, you know. I guess. You know, as when you when you think about the church and the church in the black um, arena, right? You're gonna that church leader mm-hmm. has a lot of influence Absolutely. on what goes on yeah. in the communities, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So if I'm a pro- prominent figure in a church, then I want to rile my people up about something. You know, rile them up about God. Rile them up about being Christian. You yeah, know, but it's that's not you know. Rile they, them up about love, mercy, compassion. That's all good. I, I agree. And if you disagree with this one man's statement, then express that. You have your platform. Express your platform, right? Right. But here, I'm this pastor. I'm representing God, and I'm calling people this, that, and the other. You know. Yeah. But and, it, so it goes back to you know we're your but a man. But but look. Right? But look. Your but a man. I bet you if I go back and look at another sermon. They talk about how black on black crime is horrible, mm-hmm. but but now a day later I'm saying this. Yeah, hypocritical. Well, I don't know. I I don't I don't know, because we haven't listened to the we haven't listened to that sermon on on this that or the other, right? But yes, as people of God, if you're a Christian, then we should be about love and sharing that love. I agree. It should be about some fellowship. It should be about Black Lives Matter. We should be about pushing this but entire... It's the same way, though, Bill, that you have your group of people that you get messages from that say all kinds it, of off-the-wall off off the stuff. It's wrong for them to do right? it. So in every sect, religious sect, yeah, right, I, I you have people that are going to be of and so that's why I always say white, black, or red doesn't we matter. Are we're, all, mis- we're misrepresenting God's word. I right. agree. So until but it everybody, make it right. no, doesn't make it right at all. But until everybody comes to, comes from a place of love, amen. We are not going to move forward on a lot of things in this world, amen. Because I can't say that just because you're not Catholic, you're not in the right. Where I know that there are Catholics in this world that feel like if other people aren't Catholic, then they're not going to make it to heaven. Yeah. And you know, and that's everybody has the right to their religious choice. As long as you're not hurting somebody else. With they're it. not. You're not harming anybody. Right. I, 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 I like, that's where I draw the line. I like that little coexist sticker. Yeah. You know, we can all I'm. we don't have to all believe the same thing to be about love and existing with each other in in. All right, well, one other thing we need to be about is our sponsors. Let's take one second for Anchor.com, and we'll be right back. So, Dr. Ronald, there's a case before the Supreme Court that's, that's coming up this month. I think you're in a great position to talk about it. A young lady, she was a sophomore in high school, tried out for the cheerleading team, didn't make it, and got very upset. She went on her Snapchat and basically cursed out everybody, right? One thing led to another, reached the school officials. She was suspended from the team because she, she would have been on the JV squad. Suspended from the team for a year. Now that case is going to go before the Supreme Court as a free speech case. Right. Because she 
F everybody, F the cheerleaders, F the football, right. F. But the she was everybody. on her own time. She was off school grounds. She was on her personal Snapchat account. But so the the issue is: was she disrupting anything in any way? Was she disruptive to the school? Uh, the cheerleading coach felt so. <laughs> she well, was pretty uh, upset. But I'm did, sure. Did she really disrupt anything? Like she wasn't disrupting school. So that's where like. You know, that's the that's the case, right? Um, yeah. So in 1969, there was Tinker versus Des Moines, right? Uh, community so, school district, right? And so said, in Tinker, the a, a young lady was wearing a black armband in protest to the Vietnam War, and she was, you know, ultimately disciplined. They tried to suspend because yeah, be, yeah. because of it, and what the court said was she was not disrupted. So that's the precedence that we're using for this um this case, right? Yeah. And was her were, were her words disruptive? Like had someone not screenshot this young lady's snap, only the 250 people that it went to would have ever seen it. It would have been gone in 24 hours. Right, but now let me spin this forward a little bit why I think this is significant um, and, and the Supreme Court's decision is going to be significant, right? Because what I've dealt with is where students have harmed themselves and in some cases um, tragically killed themselves uh, based on school bullying on social media. And so if you tell me that this you know, the one lady can, can do this and she should be allowed to do that, then why shouldn't the bullies be allowed to do what they do? Because it's, again, it's their... No, I think they're like, so there again, like in the, in the case of the bully, the bully is directly trying to impact this person, right? I am targeting you, Bill Scott. I am saying that, you know, you don't have any hair and I keep saying it every day and you know you don't have any hair, but you get in your your it gets in your head, and you like no, she, you we know gotta, we got to understand she, that bald is beautiful, right? But you don't recognize it yet, so you you get some kind of way, and you're in your feelings about right. it, right? Then, right, and and that's what the defense of the bully is that all they were doing was you know insulting. It, it was just but I mean it's like tar- kids have been insulting I'm, other so, kids. She was not, she did not, yes, kids have been insulting kids forever. It should be free speech. But it's it's not targeted. If if I'm, you know, if I say it to you and, you know, I can't, but if you're targeting me as a bully on social media and you have stuff going into my inbox, stuff going onto my Snapchat, stuff going, and you are targeting me day after day, there I could find you civilly liable Mm -hmm. to some extent. I think that the courts have done that. They're trying. Um, now, here's another case. Let's say this. I just took the biology test in first period. I go on my Snapchat and I put all the questions and answers on my Snapchat. Again, well, my if you're personal smart, account. If you're smart enough to remember the biology test, Bill, then you know, you're a genius anyway. You're not going to remember all the questions from no biology well, test. Kids just write the answers on their arm as they're going through. See, it ain't that like okay. So not you, that I've ever helped anyone cheat you, on an exam so that's or cheating. know how to do that. So there is. So schools have code of conducts, right? Okay. So if I have a code of conduct, but does that apply to my social media? That's the big. So if I have here. a code of conduct and it's the, it has some stipulations about cheating, right? And you find out because. There's always going to be somebody that's going to screenshot your Snapchat 
and you I put didn't the you put the answers, Snapchat but and you, read the answers. You got two hundred and fifty friends, and you you post it to your story, and you know your friends have biology, and you know they're going into the biology I didn't class. Make anybody so look you at intentionally it. place, hey, biology test answers. If that's what your Snapchat said, then you have intentionally given someone the answers to a test, and that test you know. You weren't supposed to. So you can say what you want to say, but I guarantee the school system will say, okay, no, you you violated our code of conduct and we're going to suspend you for X number of days or some you're going to have some repercussion based on what you've done on your social media account. And that's why, like, this young lady tried to go um, up to the school board, superintendent, all those. Never, no one said it. She got to, to her appeal and this federal court judge said, yes, you know, she wasn't disruptive and used, you know, the Tinker right. versus Des Moines right, as, right. as a way to open this case up. And it is going to be heard in the Supreme Court. Uh, I just I think this one's going to have a big impact. down oh, the road. Dep- It depends on the outcome yeah. of of the. It, um, it, it has proven case. very hard for courts to criminalize social media activities. And I don't like. Is it? Is it? Is it that they're trying to? They were trying to criminalize it. Well, criminal is no. not the right word. It wasn't. Student, it, right? it wasn't well, trying. They weren't trying to in criminalize general, it's it. It's hard to criminalize what it. What he? But, what the judge said is, is her her right First Amendment rights, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech. So she has a right to say these things, just like I can say whatever I want to about that tree outside. Right, and but again, like like I'm you not, said, like push like. Am I violating the school's conduct policies if I'm on my own social media at my house on my time? Those are the kind of things that I think, you yeah. know, because most school conduct policies deal with when I'm on school grounds, that's, interacting in person with. That's other true, students. but you, you're, you're. T- she was specifically talking about something within the context of school, oh, school. you know. So that's what I, I you know, and that's yeah. that's gonna that is. We'll see how things come out, but. So, so somebody else that's a little disruptive right now, uh, Aaron Rodgers, current reigning NFL Most Valuable Player, quarterback the for the Green Bay Packers, of the Green Bay Packers, has said he don't want to go back. Well, he hasn't said this to me, I, I, but the rumor is that he doesn't want to go back and play for Green Bay. Right? And now. why doesn't he want to go back and play? He for feels Green like Bay? the team has not done a very good job of surrounding him with the talent necessary. Like he feels like. Hey, look, I'm the best quarterback in the game. If you gave me just halfway decent talent, we should be winning Super Bowl. Well, let me ask you this. When Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers, did yeah. he have the greatest players around him? He had pretty good talent around him. He, he had pretty he, good... He handpicked Tampa for a reason. Okay, yeah. so he, 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 that, that was already... They were pretty good. They, they were, had a pretty yeah. good line already. Yeah. Okay, well, never mind on but, that one. But in, in, to, in defense of, of what you said, they drafted... A rookie who became one of the premier left tackles in the game as a rookie, which is rare, right? So they they were able to scout that talent out, um, and they also um, shored up, you know, the offense, bringing in Rob Gronkowski because they knew that Tom Brady would. But like, like I think I think that, Brown that Tom Brady would like Tom Brady. Tom Brady had something to do with those people right, coming, right? right? When you go in to play for, you know, but but Tampa Bay has drafted well has put a good team together, has managed the salary cap better than any team I've seen. So they've done all of those things. So they've done the things. Well. Okay, so that Green Bay has not. Green Bay hasn't hasn't done that. No. So it, I mean, does it do you think that they were just content when they won the Super Bowl 
and they were like, okay, well, you know, you got a Super Bowl, Rogers. We we yeah, we just need you what, to ten years. We just know, need you to go. Ago. That was a long time ago. Eight years ago, I think they won. Well, the yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. I mean, like he seems to be a competitor. Kicking the field goal and the ch- you know, like they've just done some stupid things. Like yeah, they've they've done some well, things. Well, so just like what? Aaron Rodgers wants to leave Green Bay. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers ends up? Well, Green Bay is like no, you can't do it. Right. Oh, this so is where we like get into not. this whole player mobility thing, right? Where it's like. In any other kind of profession, you can go like if you want to leave IBM and go work for Apple. Well, IBM, IBM not paying you millions of dollars. We pay some guys millions, well, <laughs> some ladies millions of dollars. But yeah, yeah, no. To your it's point, it's a little right, bit different. It, it's to when me, you're making six figures and in, 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 in. Rogers is probably making twenty four to twenty five million a year right now. I think. But you could argue he's underpaid. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes is making forty, why is Aaron Rodgers only making twenty four? Because he's not winning. I, I ain't I mean, see Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl last year. You could be the MVP, but I don't see I you. Mean, I don't, what I else can he do? He's I the MVP. I ain't see you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's a team sport. It, well, you know, get your teammates to play. You can't. You, that's what he's trying to get do. Get your teammates to play. Trying to get his general manager to, to come up with it. He's yeah. really upset because you know, again, last year in the first round they drafted a quarterback that upset him. And then what he also wanted because he's on going into the last year of his contract, so the. The consensus is that they're going to let him play out this year and, and then, then let, let him, him go. go and bring in this guy that they drafted last year. And well, he's like, no, if you want me, right, you should have extended my contract. You should have given me a fat raise. You should give me a whole lot more money mm-hmm. and you should surround me with talent, not draft some kid who's going to replace me. That's crazy, right? So that's where well, he's upset. Do you he, think do you, he wants do you, to be loved? Do he you, wants to be wanted. Do you think Brett Favre went through that when Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Brett Favre was you know? a very much of a, so, a diva leaving so, Green Bay. Okay, yes. so he he had a, a an example in Favre, yeah. and he is following that example by yeah. being like the dis. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to just be willing to say, okay, yeah, maybe my time here is up. I'm gonna finish out my time. I'm gonna make my twenty four, twenty five million, and yeah. I'm gonna kick rocks after this. Yeah. And I'm gonna go somewhere else and show y'all, like Tom Brady did. Yeah. Tom Brady played this last year at at, at the Patriots with a he, terrible offense around him. Right. Yeah. He was like, okay, well, I'm gonna show y'all, cause I I can do this somewhere else. And look what Tom Brady did. Just saying. And Rogers also pretty good on Jeopardy. I think. I think he might get that job. Well, <laughs> I thought he was pretty good. All right, Deacon Bill, we got to you you going on on another subject that we don't have time for today. All right, Dr. Rhonda, thank you. Another great episode. We'll see everybody back next week.